0: Yo, today's QOD is no one can make you angry unless you let them. Here we go. back to the quote of the day show. I'm your host Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. We got Ed Foreman on the show today and today Ed is going to share who it is that's responsible for how you feel. Who it is that's responsible for whether today is a great day or a not so great day. And that person is you. Here's Ed.
1: I'm reminded of a situation that happened in one of our classes back some time ago. We had an outstanding dynamic gentleman by the name of Horace Ziegler, Judge Ziegler, from Yazoo City, Mississippi. He's a brother to Zig Ziegler, the outstanding motivational trainer and speaker from Dallas. A very outstanding individual. I see several of you have heard him, and if you ever hear Zig, you'll never forget him. He's a dynamic, but anyhow, his brother was in the program. In fact, I'm happy to say, Zig's one of our good graduates. I think that boy's done right good. <laughs> and, uh, but. Let me tell you about this. His brother was in his class, and he said, You know, Ed, whenever you talk about that good day business, he said, I'm reminded of a situation that happened to me when I was a little bitty boy. I said, bounce up here, Judge, and share it with us." He said, we'll give you a little bit of a background. He said, whenever I was two years old, my daddy died, and my mama was left there at home on a farm with 12 kids to raise. And I'll never forget a situation. I was the youngest of those 12 children. I'll never forget a situation that happened whenever I was five years old. Every morning about 5 o'clock, my mama would come in there to the room where I was asleep. She'd come up out of that little bunk. She'd put her hand on my shoulder and she'd say, Sign, sign, get up. we going to have a good time today. I'd jump up out of that little bunk and I'd go running in there in the kitchen. And I'd sit down on a little three legged milk stool by the wood cook stove where mama was fixing breakfast. She'd throw a quilt around my shoulders, pull me about a half cup of coffee, about half milk. I'd sit there and sip that coffee while mama was fixing breakfast. Now the children would be out doing the chores, milking the cows, feeding the hogs, doing things that need to be done. They'd all come back in, we'd have breakfast together, and then they'd take on off to school. But because I was too young to go to school, I'd stay there and help Mama do the work, need to be done on the farm. Now, this particular time I'm thinking about, we were picking turnip greens. <laughs> I don't know if any of y'all ever picked turnip greens before or not, but that's long in the wintertime of the year when it's real cold. And We'd been down there, and we'd pick several baskets of those turnip greens. We brought them back up there to the house, and out there behind the house, we had this big old long wooden bench had three big old wash tubs filled with water where we'd wash those turnip greens. Well, I went out there that morning to wash those turnip greens, and it was a layer of ice about an inch thick frozen over the top of each one of those tubs. I got me an old axe handle, and I went along there and broke the ice on the top of each tub. I'd get me a big old double handful of those turnip greens, and I'd dunk them down there in that first tub, and I'd wash them around, you know, and then dunk them over them off in that third tub, but old Mississippi Sip is hard. Get off them turnip greens. I'd pile them over on the porch, Mama would tie them into bundles, and we'd put them into cardboard boxes, tape them down to the general store, and swap them for sugar and flour and stuff we didn't raise our home on the farm. Well, this particular morning, I was watching those turnip greens, and I looked down there at my hands, and it just seemed like a five-year-old's hands are just so small, and my fingers were just so cold that they just turned numb. And I turned to my mother, and I said, Mama? I'm not having a good time today. And I just hurt all over, just from the tip of my toes to the top of my head. I just black and blue and cold and hurt. And that night, whenever I went to bed, I was still miserable. Next morning, 5 o'clock, just like she always did, Mama come in there, she put her hand on my shoulder, and she said, Son, son, get up. We're going to have a good time today. I just rolled over and a pulled it quilt on and I said, No, no, I ain't going to get up. It's going to be a bad day. Well, she just turned around, went on back in the kitchen, started fixing breakfast. The other children got up, did the chores, came in, had breakfast, went on to school. Mother went on out to work. About 10 o'clock, I heard her in there in the kitchen. I got up came walking in. She looked at me and she said, What are you doing in here? I said, Well, I got up to have some breakfast and help you do the work around here. And she said, Oh, no. No, son. She said, Don't you remember? You made the decision this morning that it was going to be a bad day. And she says, Son, it's going to be a bad day all day long. <laughs> she took me right back in there and put me right back in that bunk. Now, you'd think any mama would let her little boy up to have lunch. But bless that dear mother's discipline heart of mine, I stayed right there in that bunk right through lunch. I didn't even get to get up whenever the other kids came home from school. I didn't even get to get up for supper. It was the longest, most miserable, bad day I'd ever spent in my young life. (laughs) Next morning, 5 o'clock, just like she always did, Mama come in there, she put her hand on my shoulder, and she says, Son, Son, get up, we're going to have a good time today. I bounced up out of bed, and I went running. in there. I sat down on that little three-legged milk stool. Mama threw that quilt around my shoulders, and I started sipping that coffee. And right then and there, I learned a lesson I've never, ever forgotten. And that's this, that you and you alone make a decision every single day as to whether you're going to have a good day or a bad day. It's not that individual that may unthinkingly pull out in front of you on the way to work that decides whether you're going to have a good day or a bad day. It's not that irate, upset spouse or son or daughter or client that decides whether you're going to have a good day or a bad day unless you let them. The greatest power that you have is the power to choose every single day as to whether you're going to have a good day or a bad day. See, remember this, if you don't remember anything else I say. no one can make you angry unless you let them. No one can upset you unless you let them. But you and I both know people, don't we that regularly go around letting uncontrollable circumstances determine whether they're going to have a good day or a bad day. You know people who get up and they go out and look outside and they say, oh, it's raining, it's going to be a bad day. And there's no way they have any control it. They let the weather control their attitude. You and I both know people that can be taken off to work, have a little fender bender on the way to work and <laughs> look at my new car, all scratched up. They'll complain about it all day long, won't they? Some of them will gripe about it for a week, won't they? And then you know people who can roll their car over on the way to work. I mean, roll it over three times. Total it out. And get out one piece and say, boy, ain't I lucky. (laughs) The good Lord must have been riding with me. You see, it's not what happens to you that's so important as your reaction to what happens to you. It's your reaction to every little thing that happens in life. You plant the seed of a positive, happy, expectant thought you get a positive, expectant action therefrom. It's impossible to think a thought and not have an immediate action therefrom. For instance, if you're thinking a happy, pleasant thought, what's the action immediately therefrom? you got a smile on your face, exactly. You're thinking uptight, frustrated, you got that scowl on your face. Now, you do that 30 days in a row. Whatever it is, any action you repeat 30 days in a row, what happens? You develop a habit, that's right. And the habits then begin to build the character that we become. That's the exciting lesson that I talk and I share with you as we go into this, is that the thoughts that we think become actions, the actions develop habits, and the habits then build the character that we become. And you may be saying in here, well, right now, well, now come on, Ed, you're talking to the winners, you're talking to the leaders, we're the one to keep the old apple cart up and going around the track. You don't need me, you're preaching to the choir. We're the positive characters of this organization. <laughs> Let me run a little test on you here right now. Supposing, <laughs> just supposing you're taking off to the office, you got just enough time to get there, you got one of the biggest, most important potential clients that you ever had. You got an exact meeting time, you got just enough time to get there, and just before you get there, a train pulls across the road in front of you. Are you the type that says, oh, damn, that makes me mad? If you are, you have learned to react negatively to those things over which you have no control. And yet, which a fit isn't going to help. For instance, is it going to make the train move any faster to throw a fit? (laughs) Not going to help it at all, is it? Now, what does it do whenever you say, ooh, that makes me mad? It increases your blood temperature, your blood pressure, and it starts the drip, drip, drip of the acid that starts the formation of ulcers. We have four medical doctors on our staff who say that any time you say, ooh, that makes me mad, up goes your blood pressure, up goes your blood temperature, and down goes your life expectancy. In fact, people who continually say, ooh, that makes my red, use more preparation aids than anybody else (laughs) because consciously we are subconsciously programming ourselves for a defective part of our anatomy. And therefore, we begin to have difficulties. Along. So what do you do under this kind of a circumstance here? What you do? You've got at least three possible alternatives. You say, hey, I know a shorter, faster way. In here. Now, if you know a shorter, faster way, then you take that shorter, faster way. If you don't know a shorter, faster way, what you do is you say, that's all right. I'll use this time to plan my day specifically so I can get more done in less time. And so you take out a pad and a pencil. You start, you're not going to be interrupted by the telephone or anybody walking in on you right there in your own little private cubicle. So you work out just Now, if you're already so well organized, you have your day planned, you say, hey, it's a good time for me to just relax and let go and take a little mind-control relaxation. So you just reach down there, turn off the ignition, lean back in the seat of your car and just relax from the tip of your toes to the top of your head and take a mind-control relaxation, letting go of all anxiety, frustration and worry and just replenishing yourself with energy. And people say, well, suppose? Suppose you go to sleep. The person behind you will always be thoughtful enough to awaken you when the train moves and you can move on. Now, what we're talking about here is that it is impossible, it is impossible for you to think a thought that does not immediately become an action. Anytime we are finding out, anytime any thought of illness begins to come about, we begin to secrete the hormones into our body that begins to accelerate to bring about them. Anytime we think about help, any time we think about good feeling, then we begin to program ourselves for that good feeling. Just to show you right now for your own, I think you learn better from example than anything else, for you to appreciate more fully what I'm talking about, let me ask you all to just go through a little imaginary game with me, and it's a great thing you can share with some of your associates back home when we get back. Everybody just reach in your refrigerator right now and hold a lemon in your hand. Everybody get a lemon and hold it in your hand but just make this as real as we possibly can. Imagine. All right, now look down there at that lemon in your hand. Come on, get a lemon in your hand there. (laughs) I'm talking to everybody here, this ain't show and tell. All All right, now squeeze that lemon. Feel the firmness of it. All right, now see that yellow waxy peeling? See the two little green pointy ends there? All right, now bring that lemon up to your nose and smell it. Smell that citrusy smell? All right, now put that lemon back down on the table. Alright, now cut that lemon half in two. Okay? Now pick up half of that lemon and look at it. See that, see that center there? Now see the juice running down over the peeling? Alright, now bring that half lemon up to your nose and smell of it. Smell much sharper now, doesn't it? Alright, now bite into it. <laughs> your mouth filled with saliva, didn't it? I noticed eight or ten of you there nearly got the lockjaw on that one, didn't you? <laughs> see, now all that was, was a thought. But when you thought the thought of biting into that lemon, what happened? In came the saliva to wash away the lemon juice. Now that same thing happens whenever you think, hey, hey, I know we're gonna make this one. We then begin to secrete hormones into our bloodstream to give us that winner's expectancy performance. And when you do that, then you perform better and things begin to flow your way. That's the exciting thing that we're talking about is that we become the character of the thought. Now, the exciting thing here is that if you don't like the character you are, you say, hey, I would like to be a little bit more positive. What you do is you begin to upgrade your thoughts. And that's precisely what I'm going to be sharing with you and showing you here. If you think right now, you can think about people that you work with. And you can think of happy, enthusiastic, positive characters. I mean, they, they're just a kind of an individual. No matter what the weather is, they say, boy, it's a good day today. No matter what the job to be done is, they say, well, it may not be our responsibility, but by God, we'll do it better than it's ever been done before. Now, if you'll think for just a moment, you can think of an individual that's 180 degrees away from that person. No matter what the weather is, they grind. But if wind's blowing, they grind. If wind ain't blowing, they say it's hot and muggy around here when the wind ain't blowing. Then. No matter what the job to be done is, they say, why do we have to do it? That's the claims department. Why can't they do it, you know? You're thinking right now, he's talking about old George, aren't you? You're thinking of somebody you're easy to think of because there's more of those than the weather the first time. Now, as you think about those two types of individuals, which one would you rather work around on a regular basis? The uptight, frustrated one, or the happy, enthusiastic one? Yeah, that's an easy question. The happy, enthusiastic one. Why would you rather work around the happy, positive, enthusiastic person? That's right. It's contagious. It's catching. You begin to feel that way too, don't you? Now, let me ask you a more difficult question. Which type individual are you? All right, that was Ed Foreman.
0: His website is edforeman.com. You can watch this talk on YouTube. It is called Sunday Seminar, Ed Foreman Part 1. Don't forget, B-School enrollment closes this Friday. It's just a few days away. If you want to build yourself your very own online business, get enrolled at go bschool.com. That is my own affiliate link, and when you sign up through that link, you get all kind of bonuses, including Tuesday night watch parties and Q&A sessions with me. You get a free course that I'm teaching called Entrepreneur Academy as well. And you get to come out to San Diego and hang out with me and some friends and your fellow B-Schoolers at a two-day mastermind event in San Diego on Labor Day weekend. It is going to be a good time. That link one more time is go to bschool.com. I'm out. Peace. Peace.